in five, four, three. Hey, everybody. This is Danielle. Oh, and this is Daniel. <laughs> and this is Carla. We are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. Okay, now we're live. Greetings. And Greetings. Live and in the flesh. Isn't that what they say? Whoever they is. They. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Carla, did Sorry. you wish Boris Karloff happy Mother's Day? <laughs> I will now. Happy Mother's Day, Boris. Oh, yeah, here he comes. This is his oh, new thing. Oh, young good boy. I have to put a backpack there oh, on the armrest. Well, you have a Why? seat right there. Because eventually he just starts to put more and more weight behind you until you're no longer in the seat. <laughs> I hope he shits all over you. I'm not going to do that. I don't know. Yeah, well, let me tell you about something that happened to me yesterday that with your told dog. Mom and dad, not to tell you. Why? Because <laughs> I wanted to tell you now. Oh. <laughs> so, yesterday, your mom and I are standing there talking, not paying attention to your dog <laughs> that you abandoned at your parents' house. Look, it's He's for good, good reasons. He's got a good life, okay? He can't come to my house. I just I called it before it happened. He got really sick, and then it just uh-huh. he yeah. ended up being high energy, and he needs a yard. Anyways, <laughs> I'm an adult. No, you play one on TV. No, you're more adult than a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. what the hell, man? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, I get this warm sensation on the back of my leg, and your mom <laughs> screams. screams. <laughs> you know the mom. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy had decided he needed to go out and since no one wanted to let him out he came and lifted his leg and pissed all over the back of my leg he doesn't want to bother anyone he bothered me <laughs> and then your mom apologized for laughing she goes I'm sorry for laughing I go no you're not <laughs> mom was That's telling funny. it to me and started cracking up again telling it here and I had already heard it once he like he'll bark at things but he won't well, bark to let out. you know he needs out we figured out what happened. But first, then my dad came running upstairs, didn't he, off the treadmill because mom was screaming? Yes. I was like, so he heard her over the treadmill with his headphones in probably, too, her screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, you can't just be screaming for no reason. What mom thinks happened is Boris was over there for quite a while that night and that Jimmy doesn't pee when Boris <laughs> is there because he'll get mauled <laughs> if he takes a break to pee. So that's what she thinks happens. And then she got home and... Forgot to let him out again without Boris back. I there. think it's because he's figured out that I give him one of the little bones <laughs> and I give Capone like two of the huge, huge bones. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, Fuck this man. But that's because Capone needs the extra. Yeah, calories. he's old and underweight looking, but mm-hmm. Jimmy doesn't need all that extra. But so then maybe that is he's better. And then he got to the cake too. Dad was texting <laughs> mom that he got into the, the fish cake. I'm going to have to take a picture of this and put it online. I should have yeah. taken a picture of the butterfly one. Well, mom told me he was He's making... acting out like most children who get yeah. abandoned by their mother at their <laughs> grandparents' house. He's always very excited to see <laughs> me. <laughs> well, usually they are too. Yeah. Can you imagine Jimmy Oh, my best friend mom's come in today. Being in a cage eight hours a day. I can't. No, he wouldn't. He would literally not do well. Boris really likes him. Say his name. Jimmy. See? <laughs> yeah, but see, now he thinks. No, nah, that's why I said one time. You got to play yesterday. He's still at, he'll probably have a scar right there. He goes, oh, yes, because I speak English all of a sudden and understand what you just said. Baxter, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> You're blaming the scar on Jimmy. Yeah. 
Jimmy took a stick and stabbed him. No, he didn't. <laughs> Jimmy has thumbs. You just don't usually see him. He I caught him, him once. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy tried to eat the fish cake that dad made for us. Why was he making a fish cake? I Because he's poor. He said it was for you. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually supposed to be a shark. Okay, no, our daughter goes, it's a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was like, I thought about that actually, <laughs> that it could be a rocket ship. <laughs> it's like Mom, death death to Smoochie. She said he was making fish cakes, and I was like, what the fuck? But, I mean, like crab cakes? I could probably get, along, get down she, with fish I, cakes. She just didn't even elaborate. I, was like, Hell. I made an impromptu apple pie. Yesterday, there's some more in there if you want to. Yeah, I'm gonna need to inspect it. Gonna need to inspect it. It turned out pretty good. I never know what the pies. Sometimes they're hit or miss. Wouldn't know. Never tried to make one. It's a pain in the ass. Why I wouldn't even bother? Because you got to make your own dough, or otherwise it's cheating. Okay. And I got some very nice earrings too for Mother's Day. You sent me a picture. I was like, what am I that's your face. At? I was like, what am I looking Congratulations at? Congratulations on your face. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is, he hands the box to our daughter, and where am I standing? In the kitchen next to the trash can. The same way Daniel proposed. <laughs> I must be in the kitchen next to the, to the trash, trash can. can. Well, you you are who you hang out with. Yep. <laughs> she, yeah, she was pretty pleased. Pretty with pleased herself? With, yeah, I think she was. <laughs> that she orchestrated it. She but, did. Mm-hmm. She said she wanted to get you something for Mother's Day. Because I want to get her something nice. I go, okay. The other thing she got me was she took a pair of her sunglasses she made took that a straw. She made that days ago. <laughs> but she She's said been it was hiding it in her closet. <laughs> she shoved a straw <laughs> under one of the posts, and then it touched the straw where pipe cleaners stuck in there. And it's I don't a good know. Idea. It almost looked like a mustache, but like it is. Yeah, it's a good idea. I might have thrown it away. You did? I what? might have. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> it was pipe cleaners and a straw. Yeah, but you know, she actually spent a lot of time making that mm. for you. No, she's got a lot of pipe cleaner creations. Don't worry. Okay, well, we worked especially on that one. <laughs> wow. It's priceless. Wow. The Threw memor- it away. Mm-mm. The memories are priceless. Memories. <laughs> Look at that face. Well, I'm sorry she didn't spend enough money on the gift she made you. I know. No, she made me plenty of cards. Wanted to write mom's name and Marky's name on the card. Wanted me to spell them, but didn't want me to look at the card to help her spell them. So she was like covering up the heart with the weird stick people in the middle. She said, Nina, how do you spell dickhead? <laughs> oh no, she didn't. I'm not a dick. So yeah, Mother's Day will have come and gone by the time you listen to this. So it's in the past. But we're I said in the it present. to a couple people. You said Happy Mother's Day? Yeah. I was in a large group text with your side of the family. When? Today, I think like 11 or 12 women just repeatedly said Happy Mother's Day over and over again. <laughs> and Happy I was Mother's like, Day just to you. copying and pasting that phrase. No, over. and Happy Mother's, Mother's Day, Day to, to you. you. <laughs> and to you. Happy Mother's Day to you. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I know. We all pushed out crotch goblins. I know. <laughs> there it is. I didn't say that. Goblin. I didn't say that in the group text. <laughs> too many people I don't even have. know who are in there. It's been like, it's not Halloween. <laughs> oh, Boris. So I, I did wash the pants that Daniel got peed on. That was nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, he just he makes odd choices sometimes. Odd choices. That makes an odd choice. Your mom said she'd pay for my. Uh, she goes, "I'll pay for your dry cleaning." <laughs> I said, "No, Carla's gonna pay for it. Tell her to just give Danielle whatever." 
It wouldn't even go towards dry cleaning. <laughs> it wouldn't. I would have pocketed well, she, it. She's the dry cleaner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dry cleaner. <laughs> what is it that if you get a cardigan or something that's like hand wash, air dry only, it's like you're about to meet the real world here because it is <laughs> a regular wash. Right into the dry. Regular the dry. <laughs> it's like it's the survival of the fittest in this house. That's why a set of sheets are blue. That were once I'll white. call it even because of all the money I spent on tie dye that I let you use. Oh yeah, we did do a lot of tie dyeing. That was fun though. Mm-hmm. She did. She enjoyed that. I haven't. You haven't opened them out or anything. Okay. But you can let them sit. Yeah, they did. That was pretty good. And mom's tiling your front patio. Yeah. Well, I did the. She did the first half. I did the second half. Did she get all the cutting then? No. Cutting with a wet saw is a weird thing. She going She figured out what she's gonna do, but we didn't do it today. That's all right. I'm supposed to pick up my dresser, too. This has nothing to do with nothing. But I'm real excited about that fucking dresser. That's how you know you're an adult. Can't wait for my piece of furniture to get here. Right? Oh, boy. That's how I feel. <laughs> I ordered a porch swing. Can't wait. Can't wait. I saw people <laughs> hanging out in the hammocks, just, like, sunning themselves. And I go, oh, I need a hammock. Were they were they airing their butt or were they sunning their buttholes? buttholes. <laughs> That's going to be the cure for the coronavirus. Everyone has ah. to sun their buttholes. <laughs> I'll be the first person outside in the middle of the basketball court. Look, I'm honestly Stunning. willing to try. So. Sure. Everyone, will ha- everyone will have tan marks of their hands yeah, on their, their cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> if it's going to cure it, I'll do it. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> put my butt up there and put my cheeks on my kids. Speaking of that, I've been listening to some trashy romance novels. The things these people write and then these actors say will make me blush. I'm like, can you write that in a book? Can you? Somebody somebody has to, yeah. People write erotic novels. Yeah. That used to be all they had. I know. And they, it caused mania in women. Romance novels was one of the contributing factors. God forbid they have actual expectations of men. Yep. They, they have to fulfill. <laughs> nope. Not going to happen. Nope. Okay. Everyone's here for the party? Mm-hmm. See. Okay, we left off. This is mar- part two. Go listen to part one unless you want to be stubborn and listen to part two. I can't stop you. I can't stop you. You could be well-versed on the subject. Mm-hmm. Just skip it. Okay. okay. We left off on the final assault, final siege of Mount Caramel, Flavor Town, Mount Caramel. Flavor Town. <laughs> Flavor Town. <laughs> it was caramel. Flavored caramel. Oh. <laughs> do you like caramel? I don't think you do. No. It's just like kind of gross. I like it. Just like kind of gross. So whenever I bring up uh, Waco to mom or dad, the first thing they say is Janet Reno. Janet Reno. That's the first thing they say. So is that what does that tell you that the cult leader's name is second, which dad did know. He, he said David Koresh. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. But he said Janet Reno first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. been pretty funny. The couple of people I've talked to that remember more of it, mm-hmm. they they always know his name. Yep. But it's like. That tells you something bad happened when they think of her name before the bad guy's name. Yep. Yep. She was lied to, okay? We'll get there. Newly appointed U.S. Attorney General Janet Reno approved recommendations by the FBI hostage rescue team to mount an assault after being told that conditions were deteriorating and that children were being abused inside the compound. So, And then FBI, I think, later denies this. But she's like, they told me children were being abused, so tear gas is the next logical step. So it's like, Even if there's children inside. Yeah. And they, she said, what about that? And it's like, well, they don't make tear gas masks for children. So they'll definitely suffer the effects of tear gas. And because of that, again, we assume people will 
abandon their religious beliefs. What does tear gas eat? Like, what does it make you do? I think it's... It makes you tear up. Eyes water. And cough. But it's, it's a, not pleasant. It's, it's, no. It's an irritant. Yeah, and they oh, okay. say it can't cause death. It can't, like, no, but it's like, but it can. And it's like, well, if I had asthma, I do have asthma, and breathing in a If bunch, I had... I, mean, I do have asthma. <laughs> it's not that bad, but... So they're in the, this is, again, this is from the Netflix's, Netflixies, their series Waco mm-hmm. is what we watched. So these are about to be some serious spoilers, but it's a historical event. So Netflix spoiled it first. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So then presenting it to Janet Reno was that they don't make gas masks small enough for kids. So they're just going to straight up suffer the effects of it. And by the time the mothers see what their children are going through, they will promptly exit the building and this will all be over. And it's like... They literally got uh, shot at already. Yeah. It's like... uh, I was like, I I just don't really trust that that's how this should go. What she does is she made the FBI's case to President Clinton. They didn't show that in the show. He recalled the April 19th, 1985, the covenant, the sword, and the arm of the Lord. And it rhymes and it's cute. (laughs) It's another (laughs) cult, CSLA. There was a siege in Arkansas, which was ended without loss of life by a blockade without a deadline. So I don't know. I don't really know about that. The covenant, the sword, and the arm of the Lord. But it sounds like a song we would sing. And (laughs) if you listen to the beginning of the last episode, there's a lot of singing. So he's saying it worked. You didn't need tear gas or gunfire or anything for that last one. Can't we just do that here? So he said President Clinton suggested similar tactics against the Branch Davidian. Reno counted that that the FBI hostage rescue team was tired of waiting. Uh, they're tired. I'm late tired. <laughs> but I am late tired. <laughs> that the standoff was costing a million dollars per week. And this went on for, what, 50 days? I don't know how many weeks that is. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> There's no way to know. <laughs> Anyways, it's a million dollars a week. You're so brave to admit it. <laughs> I am. Because, you know, I think I'm a humble. lot of people listen to this and think, I wonder if she's a scientist. I am super sci- Back off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> I wonder if she's a scientist. <laughs> she's just so smart. Oh, wow. Wow, that was fun. <laughs> so a million dollars a week, which is a lot of money, especially in 1993. It's a lot of money now. Yeah. <laughs> It's costing too much money. The FBI's tired of waiting, and the Branch Davidians could hold out longer, and the chances of child sexual abuse and mass suicide were imminent. So she tells Mr. Clinton, they're going to kill each other or hurt children. So we got to go in like now. And what was his response? I did not have sexual relations with them. <laughs> I did not inhale. I did not inhale. <laughs> He said that he finally, I told her that if she thought it was the right thing to do, she could go ahead. I was like, if the president was, told me, yeah, I mean, I get whatever you want to do. I'd be like, I feel like you should give me a more solid answer, I'm Mr. Gonna president. I'm going to more direction. I'm gonna, I want you to tell me yes or no. <laughs> and then I can say, the president told me. I have a direct line to the White House. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Over the next several months, Janet Reno's reason for approving the final gas attack varied from her initial claim that the FBI hostage rescue team had told her that David Kresh was sexually abusing children and beating babies. You know, someone just was like, they're beating babies in there. I was like, that's inflammatory language. Like, you're saying that just to upset me. I was like, just so it makes it sound more serious if I'm going to say that out loud. Well, the babies are lazy. They don't do anything. (laughs) They're just beating babies left and right. And they had children that had been released that we talked about did any of those kids i know kids can't be like 
did were any of them have any physical marks? I know you can't tell sexual abuse, but if you're I, just gonna say they've been beaten, abusing babies. It's like, are there? Does any kid have any marks on them that is older than you guys attacking their building? <laughs> older marks. I don't know. I don't know how you would tell, but I can't say that I would argue with someone who told me children were being abused. But this is why I'm not in a position of power. I don't have to make decisions. Because <laughs> you're a scientist. Because <laughs> I was uh, busy being a scientist in my laboratory. Back off, man. <laughs> the FBI later denied evidence of child abuse during the standoff. So they come to her saying babies are being beaten. She goes, here, load up on the tear gas, pump that in to where the babies are beaten at so that they then suffer the effects of tear gas so that the mothers will take them out even though they wouldn't take them out when they were being beaten, but now they will. They were shot at. Yeah, or shot at. And then the FBI is like, oh, we never said that. No, we would not have said that. Uh-uh. Non-facts. God did not Janet, say that. God damn it. Janet! <laughs> <laughs> the assault took place on April 19th, 1993, because the Ranch Davidians were heavily armed. The FBI hostage rescue team armors include 50 caliber rifles in Armored Combat Engineering Vehicles, CEV. The CEVs used explosives to punch holes in the walls of the buildings of the compound so they could pump in CS, or tear gas. So we saw this. Like, they're just ramming it with these big poles on top of the tanks into the building. Like, I'm about to fuck up your house, and here I am, and then they pump gas in that. I didn't know how they got it in there. If they just... I thought they, like... So I could just say so many things. <laughs> I thought they just, like, snake tubes in the under the doors is what I thought they were going to do. Just tubes. They just. I thought they were going to sh- start shooting canisters through the window. Oh, okay. They probably did do that. No, too. they were just like, we're going to penetrate the house. And it compromises the structure. Sup- shock. Shock. <laughs> and to force the Branch Davidians out without harming them, well, some of them have been harmed, this... Uh, the stated plan called for increasing amounts of gas to be pumped in over two days to increase pressure. So it's not just we're going to give you some. It's just going to be constant and more and more and more until you finally come out. And your children have pleasant. no gas masks. We know that they don't. Officially, no armed assault was to be made. Loudspeakers were used to tell the Branch Davidians that there would be no harm assault to ask them not to fire on the vehicle. So, And they showed that, too. Some guy picks up a loudspeaker where they've been blasting rabbits being murdered and dolphin sounds it's like this is this is not an assault it's like funny because you're ramming our building with large machinery it feels like an assault but he just this is not assault it's like just because you have a microphone doesn't make you right and i'm here to testify to that we are your friends (laughs) mars attacks Mm -hmm. what's the sound that kills them all oh it's the country music (laughs) wow (laughs) I mean, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so they're saying, don't shoot our vehicles while we pump tear gas into your building. Because we asked nicely. And they're like, but don't do that. But don't pump my building full of tear gas. According to the FBI hostage rescue team, agents had been permitted to return any incoming fire. But no shots were fired by federal agents on April 19th. When several Branch Davidians opened fire, the FBI's response was only to increase the amount of gas being used. So they're saying, but we didn't shoot at anyone on that day. We No shots were fired. We just kept pumping in tear gas as a response to them opening fire. Yeah, it was their fault. Yes. Yeah. The FBI 40 millimeter CS grenades were fired from M79 grenade launchers. Very early in the morning, the team fired two military M651 rounds. I'm not a military person either. 
I'm a scientist in the military. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. After more than six hours, no Branch Davidians had left the building, sheltering in, in place. Sheltering in place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm aware. Yep. Instead, in the underground concrete block room, the bunker within the building, or using gas masks. I think in the show, they made the bunker was like the pantry. So it, in the show, it made it look like we didn't build this bunker for that, but it was like cement walls all around it. I think it's also where they were storing all their guns, too. Mm-hmm. At around... Noon, three fires broke out almost simultaneously in different parts of the building and spread quickly. Footage of the blaze was broadcast live by television crews. The government maintains the fires were deliberately started by the Branch Davidians. Some Branch Davidian survivors maintain that the fires were accidentally or deliberately started by the assault. What they show in the series is that like five or six examples of where tear gas is combustible or incendiary. Yeah. So it's like... it's. Yeah, you get a layer of it. Their excuse was this is the CS gas is non-invasive. It's just an irritant. But it's like, but you, we have a lot of examples in from the show. So I don't know if that's accurate, but I could believe it where the tear gas is directly connected to a fire in some way. So it's like correlated, maybe. And in the series, what it was it? Was it kerosene lamps that got knocked over? Yeah. Which makes sense because didn't they cut their power? Correct. So but they I don't need know. Amps. I've read different things about. What, however much power they actually had. Yeah. So if they did cut their power, it would make sense that they had kerosene lamps going to be able to see in the dark in their house that's falling apart. So that you could say that was accidental, but you can't say the Branch Davidians did that on purpose. Yeah. They tried to burn Macaulay Culkin's brother alive. I know. And it took me a while to realize that's who it was. Only nine people left the building during the fire. The remaining Branch Davidians, including the children, were either buried alive by rubble, suffocated, or shot. Many were killed. I bet the mothers will bring them out then. Yeah, they, yeah, they're they're still on their way out. Many were killed by smoke or carbon monoxide inhalation, and others as fire engulfed the building. According to the FBI, Steve Schneider, Koresh's top aide, shot and killed Koresh then himself. They showed that. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not going to be taken alive, and so he shoots him, then shoots himself. From where it looks like they were out, they weren't going to walk out alive. No, he would have. Would they want to have taken him into custody? You're supposed to do that. Well, I'm just saying where they were at, where the fire was at, they wouldn't have made it Yeah. So I think they did say some things were like mercy killings because they were in the show. They're trapped in the bunker. Like you can't open. They can't open it because the building was falling apart. Yeah. But they'll come out any minute. Any minute now. And all 76 people died. A large concentration of bodies, weapons, and ammunitions were found in the bunker storage room. What you just said. The Texas Rangers arson investigator report. Oh, Chuck Norris was there? Yeah. (laughs) Assumed that many of the occupants were either denied escape from within or refused to leave until the escape was no longer an option. So because the building is falling apart and fires are started, it's like, okay, I'm willing to come out now. And but you can't anymore. So they didn't tell them you're going to have a window of time to get out of here before the start the tear gas. And before the fire starts, you should come out in between there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it also mentions that the structural debris from the breaching operations on the west end of the building could have blocked a possible exit route, escape route through the tunnel system. An independent investigator investigation by two experts from the University of Maryland's Department of Fire Protection Engineering concluded that the compound residents had sufficient time to escape the fire if they had so desired. It's like you have time, but if there's fire and debris blocking your exit... Wait, they blamed them for getting oh, yeah. burned by the fire? Mm-hmm. Yep. What? 
Because they start the fire. Well, I didn't start, start the, the fire. fire. <laughs> well, that's like uh, the other day. I was putting on our daughter's shoes and her, her little friend was sitting there and she goes, she goes, the Waxawava. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a rock monster that can withstand the lava. And she looks at me and she goes, no, you burnt. You burnt. <laughs> you burn. Oh. You're like, okay. Okay. I'm stepping out of your imagination. It scares me. Okay, the U.S. Department of Justice report indicates that only one body had traces of benzene, one of the components of solvent uh, CS gas. But the gas insertions had finished nearly one hour before the fire started, and that was enough time for solvents to dissipate from the bodies of the Branch Davidians that had inhaled the tear gas. So, so they're saying, we threw that gas in like an hour before this happened, so it couldn't have been the tear gas residue. It's yeah. not our fault. Basically, they're saying it's not our fault. Oh? Oh? Autopsy records also indicate that at least 20 Branch Davidians were shot, including Koresh, as well as five children under the age of 14, because they could not get out of the building. The medical examiner who performed the autopsies believed these deaths were mercy killings by the Branch Davidians trapped in the fire with no escape. The expert retained by the U.S. Office of Special Counsel concluded that many of the gunshot wounds supported self-destruction, either by overt suicide or consensual execution, suicide by proxy, or less likely forced execution. So they're saying they all killed themselves. How would we stop that? They just did it. We told them How not could to. We, stop we had murdering Found next rabbits. Next to the guns were packets of Kool Aid. Flavor Aid, not Flavor Aid. They mm. knew better. Yeah, they oh, knew. That's where. That's why they didn't drink it. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> that cheap bastard couldn't even buy the name brand stuff. <laughs> Well, if the Kool-Aid man had been there, he'd have busted the walls well, and Well, and everyone would have been fine. Yeah. So they're saying it's not our fault because everyone killed each other over, like, how would we have known blasting rabbits being murdered and stuff that they were going to shoot themselves? Because they're like, that's why we're here is to stop the shootings or poison or whatever. Mm-hmm. Clearly nothing worked out properly. The What was it? The, um, the State Department used... Uh, Played Justin Bieber as forms of uh, torture. Mm. I That's the music they used. Uh, I heard Britney Spears was used. Yeah. T- it's not even torture. My llama don't like you and she likes everyone. <laughs> yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy. I like that song. <laughs> Our daughter and I got her a makeup bag that says, My llama don't like you and she likes everyone. It's <laughs> so, a good song. It is. I'm here for it. The new ATF director, John McGaw, criticized several aspects of the ATF raid. McGaw made the Treasury Blue Book report on Waco required reading for the new agents. A 1995 Government Accountability Office report on use of force by federal law enforcement agencies in the dynamic entry would only be planned after all other options have been considered and began to adjust its training poorly. So they're like, so this went bad and we're using it to and train. We're not, bl- not going to say that this is our fault, but maybe we could have... But it's a teaching tool, and we're going to take advantage of the teaching tool opportunity here. And opportunity. Opportunity has. Going to use this as like a learning moment, mm-hmm. a teaching moment. Teaching moment. We've- I still think it's wild that the uh, how they got alerted by the uh, post by the postal carrier. Yeah, there was mm-hmm. his brother-in-law. That was his brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, otherwise, the government was told they know you're coming, but they wouldn't have known about the brother-in-law necessarily. But they knew. 
Nothing remains of the building today other than concrete foundations and components as the entire site was bulldozed two weeks after the end of the siege. Only a small chapel built years after the siege stand of the site. So they bulldozed that pretty quickly for this being such a big deal. They're like, get the bodies out, level it. Because no that's where your evidence is, yeah. Bulldoze the building, take the cannoli. Well, they already knocked down half of it. The events at Mount Carmel spurred both criminal prosecution and civil litigation. On August 3rd, 1993, a federal grand jury returned a suspended, suspending 10-count indictment against 12 of the surviving Branch Davidians. So they're also in trouble legally now, too. For surviving. Mm-hmm, for surviving. The grand jury charged, among other things, that the Branch Davidians had conspired to and aided and abetted in murder of federal officers and had unlawfully possessed and used various firearms. So now they're murderers. <laughs> they, the, the FBI showed up at their door. And they returned fire, or started fire, but they're the murderers, just so we're clear. That's how it works. Yeah. After a jury trial lasting nearly two months, the jury acquitted four of the Branch Davidians on all charges. Additionally, the jury acquitted all of the Branch Davidians on the murder-related charges, but convicted five of them on lesser charges, including aiding and abetting the voluntary manslaughter of federal agents. Eight were convicted on firearm charges. So the, the series ends like him, Macaulay Culkin's brother, like sitting on the leveled... Uh, site it kind of ends there doesn't it yes and so this is all the stuff that happened I after never finished it. i knew i was you gonna know? figure out the ending um six of the eight branch davidians appealed both their sentences and their convictions they raised a host of issues cha- challenging the constitutionality of possessions of machine guns the jury instructions district court conduct of the trial sufficiency of the evidence in the sentence imposed i actually have cut this down a great deal when from well, a lot went on yeah considering the whole the whole series is like six or seven hours and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we've only been talking for two at this point you know? yeah the united states court of appeals for the fifth circuit vacated the defendant's sentences for the use of machine guns but left the verdicts undisturbed in other respects the district court found that that the defendants had actively employed machine guns and resentenced five of them to substantial prison terms the defendants again appealed the supreme court reversed holding that the term machine gun in the appeal in the relevant statute, created an element of the offense to be determined by a jury rather than a sentencing factor to be determined by the judge, as had happened in the trial court. So they're, I mean, they're trying to pull technicalities, like a jury should decide the defini- definition of machine gun and not the judge, which I don't know if that... I don't know. I don't know. Does it make a difference? They, I don't know if they're just reaching for whatever... On September 19th, 2000, Judge Walter Smith followed the Supreme Court's instructions and cut 25 years from the sentence of five convicted Branch Davidians and five years from the sentence of another. All Branch Davidians have been released from prison as of July 2007. What did they get them on? Involuntary manslaughter, weapons charges, and it's like that shit can carry some time Mm -hmm. depending on what, you know. Oh, yeah. They'll, uh. They'll throw the book at you for mm-hmm. weapons charges. 33 British citizens were among the members of the Branch Davidians during the siege. 24 of them were among the 80 Branch Davidian fatalities. Two more British nationalists who survived the siege were immediately arrested as material witnesses and imprisoned without trial for months. One was held in McLennan County Jail for seven months, often in solitary confinement. Another who was among those convicted and imprisoned say he received multiple beatings at the hands of correctional officers, particularly at Leavenworth. There, he claims to have been doused. That sounds, that sounds like that would have been a house in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It, right? Yep. I kind of thought that, too. I was like, have I heard that before? There, he claims to have been doused inside his cell with cold water from a high-pressure hose, 
after which an industrial fan was placed outside the cell, blasting him with cold air. He was repeatedly moved between at least nine different facilities, released and deported back to the UK in July 2007. So they held him under no charges. He still held... Oh, he still held on to his religious beliefs, by the way. I don't know what that means with the seals that were opening or closing. But didn't Koresh die? Mm -hmm. So I don't know who... I thought the whole thing was that he was the Messiah. But there were like three of them at the time. So I don't know. I don't know what it... But I just wondered if you would think that would have meant that the second coming had happened. I don't know. But this guy, I don't think ever, I don't know if he was ever convicted of anything. They just moved him around from prison to prison in solitary confinement, which is cruel and unusual punishment. Now, I'm okay with that punishment being used to people that hurt children specifically. But I don't know if he ever got convicted of anything. It doesn't really matter that you can't hold someone if they're not, there's no charges. As a material witness. Yeah, I thought it was like 72 hours or less than that. I don't know. Like you can hold only hold someone for so hour, someone along without arresting them for something. Maybe yeah, then you only have you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can go through some hoops to make it really inconvenient for a person to leave, but at some point, yeah, yeah, you can't keep them forever. You can say who threw the motherfucking ham. <laughs> <laughs> Several of the surviving Branch Davidians, as well as more than a hundred family members of those who had died or were injured in the confrontation, brought civil suits against the United States government. Yeah, I'd be pretty shitty, too. Can you sue the government? Yes, you can. Does it ever work? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes. They were also suing numerous federal officers, the former governor of Texas, Ian Richards, and members of the Texas Army National Guard. They sought monetary damages under the Federal Tort Claims Act Civil Rights Statute and the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act and, and some Texas laws, damn it. The bulk of these claims were dismissed because they were insufficient as a matter of law or because the plaintiffs could advance no material evidence in support of them. Where did all the material evidence go? They got burned up in a fire. They bulldozed it after they burnt it. So it's hard for me to be like, you know, here's my evidence. It's mostly ashes. And they're like, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. The court, after a month-long trial, rejected the Branch Davidians case. The court found that on February 28, 1993, the Branch Davidians initiated a gun battle when they fired at federal officers who were attempting to serve a lawful warrant. So they, it's just flat out. The government has said, you shot our off, politely tapping on the door. They said, Girl Scout cookies, so that you would open the door. And when you realized they didn't have Girl Scout cookies, you shot them. That's not what happened. They said, it? we come in peace. Come in peace. That's yes. not what happened, though, right? No, they they were there for like an uh, assault. The government said it, and let me tell you, your government would not lie to you. <laughs> they were there for an assault. Like, you know, they're in their SWAT attire and all these guns and stuff. So the government has said the Davidians fired first, but we don't know. One In the show, it was a federal agent shooting dogs, which is like mm, so dumb. Mm. Was there, I know in the show, it showed someone, I had some of it on tape. Yeah, that, that actually happened? Because mm-hmm, the news crews were there just like broadcasting it. But they destroyed the tapes. I don't know. I think the tapes only support probably the FBI's point of view. Because they get shot trying to climb into a window and get knocked out of the mm. window. So it's, yeah, it makes them look much better. The whole situation is not good. No, no. The court found that the government's planning of the siege, i.e. the decisions to use tear gas and to insert that by means of military vehicle and to omit specific planning for the possibility that a fire would erupt, was a directionary function for which the government could not be sued. So because those fuckers made their own unilateral decisions, it's not my fault. Which I feel like is really a good cop-out. 
I give them a certain amount of power and they made a bad decision with that power, but I didn't tell them to do that. The court also found that the use of tear gas was not negligent. Further, even if the United States government were negligent by causing damages to the building before the fire broke out, thus either blocking escape routes or enabling the fire to spread faster, that negligence did not legally cause the plaintiff's injuries because the Branch Davidians started the fire. You shot first and you we started your own fire. Start the fire. So the government can wash their hands of this. Like, sure, it might have seemed a little aggressive, but we didn't shoot first and you were passing out matches to all your cult members and just like, here, strike these. Here. Here. Light this on fire. So I don't know how you they can- They were bored, so they were, uh, they were lighting farts on fire. fire. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think you could win anything if the government is like, but we didn't do anything wrong. So you can't sue us. The Branch Davidians appealed. Their contention was that the trial court judge, Walter Smith Jr., should have rest- recused himself from the hearing their claims on account of relationship with defendants, defense counsel, and court staff prior. Okay. They're saying he should have got a different judge because he knew people. The Fifth Circuit concluded that all these allegations did not cause a reasonable observer to question the judge's impartiality. So to recuse yourself, all the judge has to go is, well, I thought a thought to myself and thought, I can be impartial. And that's all you have to do. I'd be like, wow, that to recuse himself, it'd be like, if I'm the judge and my spouse is the defendant or something, but I can't, people really know that I can't be impartial with my spouse that's on trial for something. So then you'd get a different judge. But all I have to say is I took about 20 seconds to reflect and I can be impartial. Turns out. Turns out. I, I just decided that. Yep. Just now. <laughs> One of the agents assigned to the ATF door, Roland Balstorius, mm, it doesn't matter, at the ATF door team that assaulted the front door, told Texas Rangers and Waco police that he thought the first shot came from the ATF dog team assigned to neutralize the Branch Davidians' dogs, but later at the trial insisted that the Branch Davidians had shot first. So, Can you imagine? You're going to do a raid. It's like, all right, well, here's your job, all right? Shoot the dogs. You get to go shoot the dogs. No. No. So this guy at first said, well, we shot first, but it was at the dogs. And later they said, no. No, you didn't. It's always they shot first. No, no. No, 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 no. No, no. He goes, yeah, they shot first. Yeah. The An Austin Chronicle article noted that long before the fire, the Davidians were discussing the evidence containing in the door. I think they mentioned this in the show because they're like, look at our door. Like it shows how they were shooting in and the bullets weren't coming out. And mm-hmm. it's all on one side of the door because that's where people that are right here, like, do you remember this? One side of the door had more bullet, bullet holes than the other. ORV. Bullet holes. Bullet holes. During the siege, in a phone conversation with the FBI, Steve Schneider, one of Crush's <laughs> main confidants told the FBI agents that the evidence from the front door will clearly show how many bullets and what happened. So, yeah, you can't undo bullet holes in the door. Houston attorney Dick DeGruen, who went inside <laughs> Mount Carmel during the siege. And I Dick think, <laughs> That's a great name. I think they did have attorneys come in. And Dick DeGruen. That's what it says. Uh, testified that only the right-hand entry door had bullet holes while the left-hand entry door was intact. The government presented the left-hand entry door at the trial, claiming that the right-hand entry door had been lost, as in when we bulldozed it, it got lost. Yeah. So the door that is the most incriminating is no longer present. Oopsie doodles. Funny. Michael Caldell, the lead attorney for the Branch Davidians, 
wrongful death lawsuit explained explained the fact that the left hand door is in the condition it's in tells you that the right hand door was not consumed by the fire it was lost on purpose by somebody Codell offered no evidence to support this allegation which has never been proved so you can't prove it where the you know someone in the FBI goes take take that door put it in your truck get rid of it and it's like okay boss so you could never prove okay boss okay boss However, fire investigators stated that it was extremely unlikely that the steel right door could have suffered damage in the fire much greater than did the left door. So you can't say, well, the the right door was just begging to be burnt alive. Well, the left door wanted to live. That's why you can't find the right door. It's just Jeff's brother, the left door. And we brought him to trial to testify on his brother, the right door's behalf. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Did they have a Twix preference? Yes. <laughs> yes, they did. And also, couldn't technically, depending on the way that you're looking into the house, they could both be the right or the left Ooh, door. Just that's saying. That's true. That's true. Depends on where you're standing. It's all about perspective, man. And both doors would have been found together. The right door remains missing, and the entire site was under close supervision by law enforcement officials until the debris, including both doors, had been removed. So one door went one way and one door went the other way. Helicopters have been obtained from the Alabama and Texas National Guard on the false pretense that there was a drug raid laboratory. Labor laboratory. <laughs> At Mount Carmel. There were in fact no drugs related charges on the arrest warrant served that morning. Okay, there were no drug related charges, but they told the National Guard people like, come watch, there could be drugs. You should just be here. Just There's in case. There's always drugs with these kinds yeah. of people. The official version of events has always stated that the helicopters were merely used as a diversion, that the crew were on, only had 9mm sidearms, and that no shots were made from them. No, because once they started to get shot out, they said, putting the bird down. Putting it down, and not here to get shot. Clearly, this distraction isn't working. Think of another plan. Someone go over there and make owl noises. What's the owl? In the weeks preceding the raid, Rick Ross, the self-described cult Rick expert. Ross? Rick Ross? Really? I didn't know he was involved in this. I don't know. <laughs> cult expert and uh, deprogrammer affiliated with the Cult Awareness Network. Appeared on major networks in regard to David Kresh. He was quoted as saying that he was consulted by the ATF and contacted by the FBI. That he had been interviewed regarding his knowledge of cults in general and the Branch Davidians in particular. And everyone said... <laughs> He'd never make any money doing that work. <laughs> the FBI Now look at him. <laughs> the FBI reports that it did not rely on Ross for advice whatsoever during the standoff, but that it did interview and receive input from him at some point. So it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> According to religious scholars Philip Arnold and James Tabor, Tabor, mm, who made an effort to help resolve the conflict, the crisis need not have ended tragically if only the FBI had been more open to religious studies and better able to distinguish between the dubious ideas of Ross and other scholarly experts. So, but you can reflect on this saying, well, if you'd only listened to them and done this religious empathizing with them, you would have gotten them out. And it's like that almost does feel like Monday morning quarterbacking because it's like the FBI, they don't understand his religious babble. And they're like, so they couldn't connect with him. They should have brought in an expert on Colts Awareness Network. <laughs> that one guy was just waiting for his. Yeah, day he to was shine. ready. He was ready. It's like that guy when we did uh, DB Cooper said the FBI called me to ask me about how I did it. Like the parachute guy, someone who had done it before and got arrested. He goes, they called me right away. And they're like, no, we did not call him right. <laughs> we did not call him no. at all. 
He no. was not our first call. Mm-mm. An article published in Nova Religio, which sounds Latin, but I don't speak Latin because I'll summon a demon. Popa if Francesco. I Popa Francesco. <laughs> Some of Wright's major concerns about the operation include the FBI officially, officials, especially Dick Rogers, behaving increasingly aggressive and impatient when the conflict could have been resolved more peacefully. So they show that in the FBI. It was one group was like we could just keep talking to them do they come out and the other groups is like that's gonna take too long shoot up this motherfucker and that's what they did and then the other guy was like i don't think that's a good idea yeah this is gonna end badly and then the other guy was like do it do it just do it they said that guy had a history of making unilateral decisions against his direct commanders like at ruby ridge but is it did it end yeah it ended so we're I'd the winners. Be one of those people, and they'd be like, pull the trigger, and I'd be like, "Are you sure? Are you sure? Because you can't retract the bullets. Yeah, you can't. That's why they say the dog is the best weapon. I was just thinking that we think the same thing a lot. You can't recall the, uh, or you can't recall a bullet, and you can't untase someone. You can turn the taser off, but the dog, you can call off the dog, and the dogs work real well. Because sometimes if criminals are just trying to be like, "I'm going to let the dogs out. They're right here. I'm right here. Just arrest. Don't let me get bitten by a dog." So it's like, I don't even have to take them off the leash. It doesn't sound pleasant. No. Yeah. I mean, if um, you're going to get shot, there's a chance you could die. Yeah. Which, you know, I wouldn't less want to be suffering. bitten to a dog. They watch all those videos of the guys in the padded suits and the dog just grabbing and thrashing them around like a rag doll. That's what we're training Boris to do. Right, dog? He's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a rabbit. He'll, he'll fuck that shit up. It's in my nature. Critics suggest that during the final raid, the CS gas was injected into the building by armored vehicles in an unsafe manner, which could have started a fire. Yes. While two of the three fires were started well inside the building, away from the CS gas was being pumped in, survivor David Thibodeau, Thibodeau, um, Macaulay Culkin's brother, claimed in a 1999 interview that damage to the building allowed the gas to spread, stating they started to break the walls, break into the window break the windows down spread the cs gas out so if i'm pumping in just the living room well it's going to be contained and they're like no because you knocked up a whole bunch of fucking walls so it spread a lot faster and the fbi spokesmen were forced to admit that they had used the grenades however they claim that these devices which dispense cs gas through an internal burning process had been used during an early morning attempt to penetrate a covered water-filled construction pit 40 yards away and were not fired at the building so they're like we didn't okay we had okay at first we did not have these grenade thingies which combust they have a component to it that makes it explode they're like okay first we said that we didn't have the grenades but now that you found a piece that proves we had the grenades there we were only shooting them at this like pool for fun over on the left 40 yards away because we were bored <laughs> and they're like okay good enough for me well, as long as you weren't shooting them at anybody. Yep, nope, mm-hmm. nope. According to the FBI, claims the fire started approximately three hours after the grenades had been fired. When the FBI's documents were turned over to Congress for an investigation in 1994, the page listing the use of pyrotechnic devices was missing. Oh. Oopsie doodles. The failure for six years to disclose the use of pyrotechnics despite her specific direction led to Reno to be demanded an investigation. So I think she said, no boom boom. Nothing can go boom boom. You just gas. Just pump nothing can explode. And they're like, you got it, Janet. And then they used explosives. Only flammable things. Yeah. They used explosive grenade thingies and then they hid it from her. Because they're like, she's gonna tell Bill on us. (laughs) You don't want Bill mad at Mm -mm, you. mm -mm. 
A senior FBI official told Newsweek that as many as 100 FBI agents had known about the use of pyrotechnics, but no one spoke up until 1999. They're like, I'm not going to be the first person to talk about the boom boom. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Flashbang, no. The FBI had planted surveillance devices in the walls of the buildings, which captured a number of conversations which the government claims are evidence that the Davidians started the fire. The recordings were... But no one can see them. Yep. The recordings were imperfect and many times difficult to understand. And the transcriptionists that were made had difference, differences at many points. So your people, they're like, you know, on-screen text, like, you know, closed caption. And two different people, smart people like myself, would come up with two the different sci- answers. The scientist type? Yeah, the scientist yeah. would come up. Well, in this saying, he's saying, oh, man, I sure would like a grilled cheese sandwich. And in mine, it's like, I'm going to spam I'm going to blow shit up. I'm going to start a fire. You eat the sandwich, I'm going to start the fire. Okay. Okay. I wonder if it was a good sandwich. I don't know. According to the reporter, when the FBI's April 19th tapes were played in court during the Branch Davidian trials, few people heard what the FBI audio, audio experts claimed to hear. The tapes were filled with noise and voices only occasionally were discernible. The words were faint. Some courtroom observers said they heard it. Some didn't. So it's the same idea with the ghost EVP, which I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Freaks me out sometimes. If they let you listen to it, and you might not hear, you might hear something that sounds like words, but then when they tell you what it says, Dang. with the words underneath it, you go, that's what that says. The ghost says, I watch you while you shower. <laughs> that's what it <laughs> says. <laughs> and now you can't unhear it because that's what you see. It's like when they tell you if you look at the color of somebody's eyebrows, that's normally the color of their pubic hair. No. Is it? No. I, that's, what, that's what they say. Who's they? The other scientists. <laughs> the other scientists, obviously. The other scientists. The Branch Davidians had given ominous warnings involving fire on several occasions. This may or may not have been indicative of the Branch Davidians' future actions, but was the basis for the conclusion of Congress that the fire was started by the Branch Davidians. This was prior to the FBI admission that pyrotechnics were used, but a year-long investigation by the Office of Special Counsel after the admission nonetheless reached the same conclusion and no further congressional investigation was followed. So, they started the fire. It, it wasn't always burning. Definitely started it, and then a few years later we find out the military, the government, whatever, had pyrotechnics that could have maybe have started, but they still started. Let's just say they started. For, sake, for simplest sake, that we'll say they started it and walk away. Like, most likely, we may have done it, but at this point, why change any of it? Why change? Professor Kenneth Newport's book, The Branch Davidians of Waco, attempts to prove that the starting the fire themselves was pre-planned and consistent with the Branch Davidians theology. He cites as evidence conversations the FBI recorded during the siege, testimonial of survivors, and the buying of diesel fuel one month before the start of the siege. So this smart person is saying they were planning it. They were planning to get attacked? To set shit on fire. How you can't watch the seals get open if you've been burnt alive. I feel like that's the whole point. Yeah. Wax seals? I'm not sure what this is. The FBI received contradictory reports on the possibility of David Koresh's suicide and was not sure whether or not he would. The evidence made them believe that there was a possibility of mass suicide, which we talked about. According to Alan A. Stone's report during the siege, the FBI used an incorrect psychiatric perspective to evaluate the branch Davidians, which caused them to over-rely on Koresh's statement that they would not commit suicide. They were devoted to David Koresh as the Lamb of God. They were willing to die defending themselves in the apocalyptic ending. Suicidal people are not cold-blooded killers. They were ready to risk death as, as a test to their faith. 
if you were going to kill yourself and all your followers, the best way to convince people that you weren't going to do it is to say, we're not, not going to kill ourselves. It. We're not going to kill ourselves. You just say it over. And he's like, that's what they want you to think. Think about it. If you were going to kill a bunch of people, you would tell everyone that you weren't going to do it. Yeah. And then they'd be surprised as hell when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, But they said they weren't. Um, okay, just my, my question is, is, the Branch Davidians, they believed the apocalypse was going to happen. Yeah, and- But why were they, like, stocking up on guns and shit to, like, fight the apocalypse? Like, that is, that, that would- You just- I don't you understand. clearly don't get it, Carla. Well, part of it was making money. They were doing legal money, trade and show stuff, but yeah, you're like, well, if the world's going to end, if you don't believe you're a rapture person where you get sucked up into the clouds, if you don't believe that- if the world ends, are you still just a survivor that has to be like Walking Dead apocalypse? People? I don't know. It just feels like you would just succumb to. God's like, I don't. I don't know what happens. I don't. That's. Know. I just. It's confusing. Um. You're clearly a religious bigot, Carla. I don't. I just was thinking if they were like excited and waiting for it to happen, like they would just let it happen yeah. to them. Like why you need to? Why? Who are you fighting? You ready for the next connection? There was a Waco, Indiana. Jim Jones suicide is what they were thinking everyone was going to happen. So they killed everyone before they commit suicide. So got that going for us. And with this next one. And A.J. Foyt was from Texas. Yes. <laughs> the Oklahoma City bombing on April 19th, 1995, caused the media to revisit many of the questionable aspects of the government's actions at Waco. And many Americans who previously supported those actions asked for an investigation. Timothy McVeigh. Oklahoma City bombing, decided that the Waco incident as his primary motivation for the attack using a truck bomb that destroyed the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building. So he's saying, because of Waco, I blew up this building. Oh, a US, Mr. McVeigh. Yeah, a U.S. government office complex in downtown Oklahoma City and destroyed or damaged numerous other buildings in the vicinity. The attack claimed 168 lives, including... Uh, 19 children and left over 600 injured it remains the deadliest act of domestic terrorism in american history within days after the bombing mcveigh and terry nichols were both taken into custody for their roles in the bombing investigators determined that the two were both sympathizers of anti-government militia movement and that their motive was to avenge the government's handling at the waco and ruby ridge incidents by killing innocent children yes it was oh, like now God. we're even huh and they claim they didn't know that they were going to hurt kids, and oh. then they later determined, no, that was bullshit. He knew the- Oh, yeah. The lie detector determined <laughs> that, that was, was a lie. lie. Yep. McVeigh testified that he chose the date, April 19th, because it was the second anniversary of the deadly fire at Mount Carmel. And it was the day before Hitler's birthday. <laughs> what happened to Timothy McVeigh? He, went he to- was executed. Where was oh. he executed? Terre Haute, Indiana. Yes. Ah. Who was in the room watching him be executed? D- Ted Bundy. No, our uncle. <laughs> our uncle. Got, I don't know how you win our that. Our uncle. No. And I think they do it a lottery. Like, I heard another, like a young girl got pulled for, maybe it was Ted Bundy. It was a lottery. He entered the. Like, they just kind of draw, you've got news reporters, some, because it doesn't have to be just like friends and family. It's like the victims, but it's also random people too. Come one, come all <laughs> to the some. show. I was like, I would watch someone be executed depending on what they did. This guy, I could have watched him be executed. No problem. I'd have, I'd have pulled the switch. Yep, not a problem. So yeah, he was executed here in Terre Haute and the world is better for it. Okay, so those are your, the other connection. 
In September 1999, U.S. Senator John C. Danforth was appointed to the special counsel to investigate the matter. A year-long investigation ensued, during which the Office of Special Counsel interviewed a thousand witnesses, reviewed over 2.3 million pages of documents, and examined thousands of pounds of physical evidence. A year later, Special Counsel Danforth concluded that the allegations were meritless. The report found, however, that certain government employees had failed to disclose their during litigation against the Branch Davidians the use of pyrotechnics. Okay, so they did a real big in- investigation. Like they still started the fire. That's I mean that's what they're going to come back to every time. I don't know. If you were an FBI specialist and you came back with, this is all the government's fault, you probably wouldn't have a job anymore. Sounds right. Disciplinary action was pursued against those individuals. So, this I don't know. They're saying the people that use the pyrotechnics. I bet it was, don't do that. Okay. Stop. Okay, stop. When, when Janet Reno tells no explosives, you listen to her or she'll tattle on us a bill. Yeah. Got it. Check. Got it. No problem. Allegations that the government started the fire were based largely on an FBI agent having fired three pyrotechnic tear gases rounds. Investigators found deliberately punctured fuel cans and a homemade torch at the site. So they're saying the Branch Davidians' conversations included statements as, David said we have to get the fuel on, and so we light it first, then we come in with the tank, right? Right. And they're coming in. So they're saying they have that audio. But what we're talking about, if I tell you something says something, you're going to hear it that way. Lab analysis found accelerants on the clothing of the Branch Davidians, so they're like you doused yourself in uh, gas. And yeah, the that investigator like something I would do. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. The investigators found deliberately punctured fuel cans and homemade torches on the site. Some Branch Davidians who survived the fire acknowledged that other Branch Davidians started the fire. So they're like, we were there and we started it. So I don't know how many or if one person or if why they would say that. If it, I don't know. Maybe they hmm. wanted to be done with the FBI. So, like, we did it. Go away. The special counsel considered whether the use of active duty military at Waco violated the Post-Comitus Act of Military Assistance to Law Enforcement Act. These statutes generally prohibit direct military participation in law enforcement functions, but do not preclude indirect support, such as lending equipment, training in the use of equipment, offering expert advice, and providing equipment maintenance. So, we're going to do all these things that we would do, but we're just going to help you do them while we're here. We're going to teach you, let you use the stuff, give you training, advice, point the tank this way. This button makes it go boom. <laughs> Have a tank. So, but they weren't directly involved, though. The special counsel know that the military provided extensive loans of equipment to the ATF and FBI, including, among other things, two tanks. Why not? Someone was like, I get to drive the tank. <laughs> the special counsel concluded that these actions amount to indirect military assistance with the bonds of applicable law. Ramsey Clark, a former U.S. attorney general who represented several Branch Davidians, Branch Davidian survivors and relatives in the lawsuit, said that their report failed to address the obvious. History will clearly record that these assaults on Mount Carmel Church Center remain the greatest domestic law enforcement tragedy in the history of the United States. That might be a fair... You don't need tanks to serve search warrants. That's that's probably true. I disagree. He would go jogging every day. Get some chloroform on a rag. Come up behind him. Get the chloroform. Excuse me, does this rag smell like chloroform? (laughs) Let me see. It does seem a bit unnecessary. So, did they start the fire? It's hard to say. They start the fire. 
We just we, we know we're innocent. Every time we go camping, anytime mom, or anytime we start a fire, mom has to sing that song. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world was turning. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, did they or did they not start it? And whether they started or not, and be like, okay, well, anyone who died from fire is the, not the government's fault because they started right. it. But what about them people? Like, conscious is clear. Like, the still the fact of how you served a search warrant seems just to be the most extreme thing to ever happen. Like, that's so extra. That's what that is. Yeah. I was like, but no one got in trouble. And someone should have gotten in trouble. Whoever, oh, it was the guy that was in Ruby Ridge, too, and this. He said, I handle everything with, in a delicate manner, which involves tanks. This, exactly. As delicate as I can be. It's just a lot of things that go on, and we ask ourselves, why? But they still go on anyway. Yep. Why are we here, Douglas cried, as poop came <laughs> out of his wiener. wiener. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a long, thin poop. Anyways, so the second half, was it was like more factual stuff, because they had to go to court. Was it? Yeah. Was it factual? Factual. The, the right-hand door ran away to be with someone else, and the left-hand door had to come. over the moon, yada, yep, yada, yada. Got to come back to court, and... So, but now we know, because they say it at the end that, like, no one got in trouble, and it's like, they went through years of getting to, like, keep the paperwork away from Janet Reno. And I don't know if this followed her then the rest of her career, this Waco thing. I haven't heard of her. No, I think people, when people think of Janet Reno, they think more of Monica Lewinsky scandal. Okay. Okay. Because, you know. Getting a Hummer in the Oval Office is a bigger deal. I can't imagine a man that would say no to that, actually. Well, especially if you were married to Hillary. Come on. No one is going to turn down a Hummer in the Oval Office. No, no one's going to. And then... We like scandal better than tragedy. Yes, that is true. Yes. Didn't he put a cigar in her? In her vajayjay? Yes. That was... That was recorded, yes. Yes. <laughs> it was recorded, but I'm going to tell you what it sounds like first, and then you'll hear it. <laughs> okay, that's all I have. It's exciting to be here. Day 3,200 and something, right? You hold your tongue. That If that happens, it's your fault. It is my fault. She's a goddamn scientist. So I know. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. You were watching Ghostbusters with her. The cartoon. The cartoon. Mm. Okay. She woke me up at 8 o'clock this morning <laughs> on my day off <laughs> to say, Daddy, you want to go watch Ghostbusters now? Okay. How can you say no to that? She wouldn't go to sleep last night because she wanted to talk about it with me. And I was like, no. No, man. No. And she wanted to talk about going to see those kids in Utah. I was like, we're not going to talk about that right now. I'm just not going to talk about it. Pick something else. <laughs> she wants to send him fan mail. We couldn't find an address or a P.O. box. I have a feeling. That was user error. No, it wasn't. I really <laughs> tried to find it. And I, she's like, why don't you want me to meet the kids? And I'm like, I don't not want you to meet them. I don't want to go to Utah. I loved Utah. Oh, yeah. It was. It, yeah. That was like, why don't you like Utah? I go, it's just as boring as here, but it's no, probably not. It's beautiful. Mm, yeah. And they ski. Carla was yeah. happy she fit in with all the white people out there. In Utah. Okay. Well, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> So I was like, you just can't show up. At, I can't explain it to her any more than like, you just can't show up at people's houses without being invited. And those kids have a lot of other kids that watch their shows. And not everyone can just show up whenever they want without being invited. I told her celebrities are usually jerks when you meet them in real life. <laughs> that, that's probably true. So finally I was like, 
She goes, yeah, when can I meet him? And I was like, you can't, I can't explain this. Never meet your hero. No. That's literally like, that's the thing. I was like, you don't, you won't understand. I can't Unless explain Unless your it. hero is Scott Dixon. Yeah, that's, okay, there are like, some people. They seem pretty down to earth people. Yeah, I was oh, like. super nice. I said, I can't explain this. You don't understand. She goes, I understand. I understand. And I was like, funny, because we keep saying the same things back and forth. So I feel like you <laughs> don't understand. Like I was insulting I made her go home. up to my dad today and say, hey, people. Where's a pirate's favorite place to go eat dinner? Arby's. Arby's. (laughs) I like that. She thinks she's funny. She knows she's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. All right. Tom. Um, You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Who's Your Homicide on all the podcast network things. Thingies. Thing things. Yeah. Patreon people. I think we have some new ones. I'll have to shout them out next time. Stickers for addresses. No one give me any grief. About it, pointing on my fingers at you guys. Literally couldn't care less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could not care less. <laughs> Boris cares, right? He's <laughs> dreaming. Oh. Okay, that's all I got. And for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of the, the corn. corn. Stay out of Waco. Unless you're Chip and Joanna Gaines. No.